0: Good morning, church. Good morning. It's good to see everybody here today. It is time of off. <laughs> uh We're in Matthew chapter 10 this morning. And we're going to be reading verses uh, 16 through the end of the chapter in Matthew chapter 10. The title of the message today is Serving an Enemy Territory. Serving an Enemy Territory. The Scripture says, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to the courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and to the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, But the Spirit of your Father is speaking through you. Brothers will deliver brother over to death. And father his child and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated for all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master." It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher, and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who who can destroy both body and soul and hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more valuable than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother. And a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life... to the reading and the proclamation of his word. Most of you know that for a few years I've been tutoring at Kennedy School and helping kids with their reading skills. I really enjoy it. It's something I really like. It helps me to get to know the school staff and the children. I've discovered something as I read these books, you know, kind of a chapter a week or something. I really like some of the stories that the kids get to read. I, I kind of get into them. It me, can cause me some trouble, though, uh, Last year I was reading about a, uh, a, a boy who had a dog, and uh, his, he lived with his grandfather on a farm, and, uh, and his grandfather, because of taxes, was going to lose his farm, and his grandfather was ill. And so the little boy decided to enter this uh, dog sledding race with his dog, and, uh, and the prize money was $500. Well, I'm reading this story chapter by chapter, week by week, with this, with this little boy, and uh, and I, I could—I almost got myself in trouble because at the end of that story, as the dog is in the race and pulling this little boy right close to the finish line, the dog dies. And this big softy like me didn't know that was going to happen. And so here I am reading this story with this little boy, and I'm thinking, you've got to control yourself, Barbara. Don't be like you normally are. But anyway... Well, this year uh, I'm reading a, a story called uh, I Survived the Nazi Invasion. And it's kind of historical fiction. It's based on the facts, but it could kind of puts a story in there uh, to help kids kind of grasp what's going on. And uh, it's, it's, it's uh, truthful, but it's, it's also kind of a positive truth, you know, so it doesn't depress the kids like the Holocaust might depress the kids, right? Right. Uh, this book is about a couple of Jewish children, Max and Zina Rosen, from Estes Poland. And uh, the Germans had made the city kind of a, uh, a ghetto and put all the Jewish people in it. And then they had basically evacuated the city. And uh, and the and the kids' uh, father had been taken away to a Nazi concentration camp. And the children somehow managed to uh, to not be taken and um, and they managed to escape from the city. And they joined the underground resistance kind of by chance. Uh, they needed help, and and some people from the underground resistance found them, and they they helped them. Now, when they when they joined the resistance, Max and Zena found out a couple things. First of all, they found out what they didn't know was that the Nazis were actually losing the war by this time, uh, and then of course the Nazis didn't want anybody to know that they were losing the war, and so. Uh, And so they didn't know this. And also they found out that there were many who were working behind enemy lines to hasten the Nazi defeat. And I thought about that as I read this passage of Scripture this morning. Uh, Do you realize that's also the nature of the mission that Jesus calls his followers to be with him on? We are called to be behind enemy lines, spreading the saving message of Jesus Christ in a hostile world. We are to spread the message that Jesus saves, He delivers, He forgives, He gives life. The prince of the world, the devil himself, wants to silence the saving of the message of Jesus. He wants to keep human beings under His deadly, uh, destructive influence. He wants to keep the world in rebellion against God and His ways. <clears throat> and so we as believers are called to be on mission with Jesus behind the lines and rescue men and women and boys and girls from the dominion of the devil by sharing with them the good news of of Jesus. And like Max and Zena Rosen, who found out the Nazis were losing the war, we too already know the devil has been defeated. Jesus has won. Uh, Even though we're rescuing others uh, from from his last grasp, his end is coming, and Jesus reigns forever and ever and ever. Now in Matthew 10... Jesus tells us, and he's talking, he's instructing his disciples as they go on, kind of on their first mission. But he also is talking to you and I as we are, we are continually on mission with Jesus, waging war behind enemy lines. As Jesus instructs his apostles on their mission trip, he's also instructing us and giving us a truth. Truth for every believer of every age, and that's, that's this truth in particular. Jesus' presence... In our lives, provides courage and power to faithfully carry out His mission until He returns. Jesus' presence in our lives provides courage and power to faithfully carry out His mission until He returns. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. I want you to notice some things about the continual mission. First of all, I want you to notice the reality of the mission. The reality of the mission. Um, now Jesus told them he said I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves Uh, I'm sending you out into enemy territory I'm I'm sending you out as innocent ones among uh, violent ones uh, among people who want to silence and devour you and so he says be as wise as serpents and uh, innocent as doves Uh, Jesus, Jesus says be wise but be innocent you are not to be gullible you are not to be unaware of the dangers around you. You should be conscious and aware that many want to silence you. But, but be wise. You see, don't do things that complicate the mission. Now, Jesus doesn't say you can be wise and avoid all danger, but don't make it harder than it already is. Don't do things that complicate the mission. Don't invite trouble or look for trouble. Avoid trouble if you can. Be wide, uh, wide awake, alert, and cunning. But he said, be innocent as doves. You see, even though we're to be wise, we're not to adopt the deceptive and lying tactics of those who oppose us. We're to be smart, but we're not to be deceptive and manipulative. We're not to be, we're not to be gullible, but we're not to be mean or destructive or jerky or disrespectful to others. It amazes me sometimes the methods that Christians uh, uh, turn to as they're fighting in the battle for truth. I don't think it does any good to call people murderers. I don't think it does any good to shout hate at people or repent or you're going to hell when they're standing on the corner. I just don't think that does much good. And I don't think that's a method that we should adopt. Yes, we're to be wise, but we're to be innocent. Do we we just care about spewing our message or do we care if people come to Jesus and are saved? That's the question we ought to ask ourselves. Even with being wise, Jesus told them, there's still going to be rough times. I can't, you know, you're not, going to be, you're not going to be spared from all the rough times. You're going to be delivered to courts and flogged, even by the religious people. Uh, you'll be brought before governors and kings. But Jesus said, even in that, there's a positive thing. You're going to be a witness to me before them. Um, and, and then Jesus said, there's going to be times you're going to be delivered before authorities, and you're going to be worried about what to say. Now, think about this. These weren't uh, the philosophers of the day. These weren't the educated people of the day. They were fishermen. They were common people. And they were going to be delivered before governors and kings. And how would you you know what to say if you were delivered before governors and kings? Because you were a Christian? Well, probably none of us would know what we are to say. But Jesus promises, he says, The Spirit of your Father, the Holy Spirit, is going to give you exactly what you need to do at those times. Now that doesn't mean we shouldn't prepare to teach or preach or think about what we might say in difficult situations, but it does mean it does mean as we follow Jesus and there are things that happen that we have no control of, we can't prepare for, he and and, and we're speaking his word even to hostile people, the Holy Spirit will empower us and enable us to say the right thing to bear witness to Jesus. Uh, he said Jesus said you're gonna be hated by all kinds of people for my name's sake because you belong to uh, me and know me the constant hatred of the world is going to be upon every generation to a greater or lesser extent Uh, it's going to be there until the end so he says endure be faithful endure to the end and you'll be saved now it's not in our power to endure but the power of the Savior within us enables us to endure Uh, don't ever think you can't take it anymore because you can, because Jesus is with you. You can, by the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, endure. And you will endure to the end as true followers of Jesus. Now Jesus then reminds us that as people oppose Him, as His followers, we will also be opposed. Like Him, we'll be ridiculed and mocked in shame. And Jesus has an advantage here, because Jesus never messed up. And you and I mess up from time to time, and people can kind of use that against us. Uh, and so, just like they oppose Jesus, uh, the master, the perfect one, they will oppose those who seek to follow him. Jesus said, they'll, it'll even be said that, uh, that you're in league with the devil. That you're doing the enemy's work. It'll even be said what it's said today. You're on the wrong side of history. Isn't that phrase so popular in our culture? The wrong side of history if you say certain things are not right, uh, certain things are, 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 uh, are right even though Jesus and his word says they're wrong. Um, they said these things about Jesus and his followers, and they're going to say them about us maybe even more. You see, people often forget what Jesus said. I hear people say, well, Jesus never said anything about such and such a thing. Well, you haven't read his words close enough. He said a lot about a lot of those things. Jesus said a lot more about adultery and sexual sin than the Old Testament. He talked about what you think and what you feel in your heart and dealing with those kind of things. Jesus talked about those kind of things. People say Jesus never talked about about gay marriage. People say that. I don't think they've read Matthew 19. Where the scripture says, God created them male and female. And a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two will be one flesh. You see, don't, you know, people say these things but they're not true. And I want to tell you, even if, you know, if you, don't say them in hate, of course. Do you hate people that think those things are wrong? That, that's not, that's not Jesus but even if you say them in love in the best way that you can say them, they're going to be those who are not going to like it. They're not going to be those who, who like to hear the gospel that says we are sinners in need of a Savior to rescue us. Uh, they're going to speak evil of us just like they spoke evil of Jesus. Even if we quote Jesus' exact words, there'll be people say Jesus would never say or do that. But he did. Don't be surprised when there's opposition. Don't be surprised in the reality of the mission. It's not an easy mission. It's a difficult mission. Now some of you might say, I don't like that reality. That reality's not very good. People are going to hate us and oppose us. You know, it's just like we sang. You know, Peter said, a lot of people had left following Jesus in John chapter 6. And, uh, and Jesus turned to his apostles and he said his disciples some of others of his are you also going to leave and Peter said Lord where would we go you alone have the words of eternal life yes there are times it's difficult it's hard to follow Jesus it's hard to be his witnesses but, I, but it's real hard not to be a follower of Jesus I'd rather take the hardships of knowing and loving and living for Jesus and knowing that He loves me than have the blessings of not knowing or following Him or living for Him. Yeah, it is hard. So, so, so we might say that's a tough reality. So there's something else I think we need to see here. The mission's eternal internal enemy. The mission's internal enemy. Jesus tells us not to be afraid of those against me and against you because you're my followers. Don't give in to fear because of those who oppose you. Don't fear the opposition. Well, why? Well, John tells us in 1 John, greater is he who is in us than he was in the world. So always remember that. But Jesus said the things uh, that, that are covered and deceptive and deceitful, all the ma- manipulation and the lies of the enemy, they're going to be... They're going to be revealed publicly. The good things that I've taught you, that I've taught you as apostles, you're going to speak them uh, uh, from the housetops. You're going to have public places to proclaim these things. Jesus said, don't fear those who the worst thing they can do is kill your body. You see, there are worse things to fear than death. Death is fearful, isn't it? Anybody that tells me they have no fear of death, I question them. I wish I could tell you I'm not afraid to die. I believe I'm ready to go, but when I think about it, it kind of, kind of scares me. But, there, but I also know there are worse things than death. That's why people can die in just wars. That's why people can, can, can uh, you know uh, defend defenseless people. Because there are worse things in life than death. And so Jesus said, don't fear those who can only kill the body, but they can't destroy the soul. Fear the one who can kill the body and and cast the soul in hell. Don't be afraid of men who judge you. Fear the holy, living, and true God. Fear God before whom you and I and every living person will be judged. You know, we need to ask ourselves, by whose opinion do we care more about? The opinions of men or the judgment of God? Holy God is the one we should ultimately respect and fear. But then notice, Jesus says to his followers, this caring, loving, holy God, he knows everything about you. He knows when a single sparrow falls to the ground. He knows the hair, the number of hairs on your head. And, and that that's an interesting phrase. It doesn't mean the Lord knows you have 140,000 hairs or you know at my age maybe 30,000 who knows but uh but he looks at you know a, you know pull out a hair and say god knows that hair is number 6472 see that that's the kind of language it uses he knows the hairs of your head are numbered you see he knows everything about you and so uh, you don't have to fear whether uh, you are loved and important and cared for. You are. He loves you. He cares for you. And the one you are to respect and even understand that you will judge you is the God that makes you right with him through the death of his very son. The scripture says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not all with with, with him graciously give us all things? yes. I hope that I respect and fear and understand God, but also know that God is the God who loves me and saved me and gave His Son so that I can be saved and live for His glory and you can be saved and live for His glory. Jesus spoke then of of whoever confesses Him, acknowledge Him before men. He will acknowledge them before His Father in heaven. Uh, Jesus uses literally the phrase, confess in me. He says, if you confess in me, and then when He says I will confess in you. It's kind of a different kind of phrasing, in the, in the, even in the Greek. This confession, this acknowledgement, is a continual confession of life. You are in Jesus. Paul uses the phrase over and over again, in Christ, in Christ Jesus. He uses that phrase, we are in Christ, and Christ is in us. It's a continual confession of life that you belong to Jesus, and Jesus belongs and lives in you. It's the confession of your lips and the confession of your life. And so Jesus says, if you confess me before before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. Now this denial uh, by men is a complete and final and total rejection of Jesus and his salvation and claim upon your lives. It's not something... it's, it's, it's It's more than just a temporary denial like all of us have done in our weakness Peter did it right Peter denied Jesus Jesus is not talking about that kind of sin he's talking about a complete and utter and total non-confession or non-denial it's not understanding you are in Christ and he is in you and the pattern of your life is to confess Christ yes you blow it every once in a while but the pattern of your life is to confess Christ uh you know, Peter's denial was a horrible thing. And, and there have been times that I feel like I've denied Christ because I haven't spoken up for Him. I haven't acknowledged Him when I should have. And, and that's, that's not... I don't want to make that a light thing, but I want to say to you, I think we've all kind of done that. Most of us have kind of done that um, when we've been afraid or fearful. But we also know that we believe in Jesus And we do our best to confess Him before men. And we've been restored and given courage to stand. And then to go on at other times to to confess Him and to, and to, to live for Him. I think this denial is a final kind of continual denial of Jesus. It's an outright rejection of His right to rule our lives. You see, if you reject Jesus and His right to rule your life, I'm telling you, there's no hope for you. There's no hope for you if you reject Jesus. If you reject Him finally and ultimately, and you will not let Him rule your life, you're rejected by Almighty God. And so Jesus says, Don't fear. Don't fear those who can only, the worst they can do is kill the body. Don't fear because God loves you and God's going to care for you. Fear is always the internal enemy of all of us. And we all need to be aware of fear. Fear causes us to do things that we would never do. When you're anxious or you're fearful, you make decisions that you know later on that you shouldn't have made. Be careful of fear, and especially the fear of people and their opinions. Be careful of the internal fear and uh, and fearing the wrong things. You know, there's a song. I really like it. It's called Fear is a Liar. He says when he... And it talks about fear, what it does to us. When he told you... He's talking about the enemy, basically. When he told you you're not good enough. When he told you you're not right. When he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight. When he told you you're not worthy. When he told you you're not loved. When he told you you're not beautiful, that you'll never be enough. Fear... He is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear, he is a liar. He will rob you your rest till your happiness. Cast your fear in the fire. Fear, he is a liar. It's personifying fear, I guess. When he told you, when fear told you you were troubled, you'd forever be alone. When he told you you should run away, you'll never find a home. When he told you you were dirty and you should be ashamed. When he told you you could be the one that grace could never change. Fear. He is a liar. Fear is a liar. And fear can paralyze us. And the fear of men can stop us from doing the things that God has called us to do. Beware of the internal enemy of fear. Don't let fear of people or the fear of the unknown or or any other kind of fear rob you from the privilege of being on mission with Jesus. I know it's a continual battle. You know, I, I've told my kids, I think I'm more anxious at this time in my life than I was 20 years ago. And that bothers me. I can't, you know, I should have more faith, I think. Fear, fear sometimes robs me. And I worry about things. I know that God doesn't want me to. Don't let fear control you. Don't let the opinions of men uh, cause you to fear. Respect and honor and, and fear God above everything else. There's one more thing I want to uh, say from this passage of Scripture this morning, and that's this. Beware of the mission's detractors and supporters. Beware of the mission's detractors and supporters. Um, Not only can fear keep us from engaging in missions as we should, but even personal relationships out of balance can keep us from being on mission with Jesus. Jesus said that we are not to think he's going to throw down peace. It's kind of interesting, the phrase, do not think that I come to bring peace. It's, it's, it's a phrase like he's going to throw it down to the earth. Uh, you know, we all want peace. And, you know, the kind that I grew up when I grew up, you know, we peace sign and all that stuff. And, you know, we think God, it's just going to be passed down on the earth and everything's going to be bliss. Well, it's not going to happen like that. Jesus said he didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Now, Jesus does bring peace to those who believe and trust in him. He does give us peace. Uh, He does make peace between us and God and between us and others. But there are those who will not bow to Jesus as Lord who will never have peace because the scripture says there's no peace for the wicked. Sometimes those who refuse to bow to him will even be people in your own families. And so a man... A man will be against his son, a daughter against her mother, and a bride even against her mother-in-law. When it says a, a daughter-in-law, it actually uses the, the phrase for bride. A person's enemies will be members of their own family. Not because, they, they, not because the believer chooses to make them enemies, but because the, the people, they don't, wanna, they don't want the person to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus and speak the things of Jesus. If the family rejects Jesus and you be, believe in Jesus, don't be surprised if they also reject you. My son, uh, when, he was in, uh, when he was planning a church and working at Starbucks in Minneapolis, he, uh, a young girl worked there who, who was a, a Hindu. And I think it was a Hindu, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, and when he got to know her, he found out her story. Her parents, when she was a teenager, they wanted her to have a good education, so they sent her to a Christian school. They didn't want her to become a Christian, but they thought she could get a better education going to a Christian school. She went to a Christian school, and she started hearing about the Bible, and uh, she started reading the Bible, she started getting some friends, and the parents didn't like it. So the parents kept her from going to any kind of school activities or anything. And they didn't want her. And, and so, but she still had a Bible and she began to read the Bible. And she became a follower of Jesus. Even though, it was, even though her parents uh, discouraged her as much as they could. And she began to follow Jesus, began to live for Jesus. And she was in college and her parents gave an ultimatum. It's either Jesus or us. And that was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And the young girl she says I got to follow Jesus. They cut her off. They removed all they wouldn't pay for her college anymore. They wouldn't support her anymore. She 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 began to pay for her own college and go and work at Starbucks. And she did that because she became a follower of Jesus. When I was a very young boy, we we would uh we we would go on mission trips to the Navajo Indian Reservation and there was a young lady whose family did not like it and and openly opposed her and and gave her all kinds of havoc because she became a follower of Jesus if your family rejects Jesus you might have to decide whether you're going to follow Jesus or you're going to follow the family now I'm not, you know, you shouldn't leave you shouldn't cause the barrier but if they put up a barrier and they said us or them what what other choice do we have, right? It's interesting, the word love, Jesus uses the term, whoever loves father or mother and me. And that, that, that is the, uh, the Greek word phileo. We get the word brotherly love from that. It's not talking about the highest form of love because we always are to love people with God's love. But basically it means being a friend. It means being a friend. Uh, if you want to be a friend of your family and the world more than you want to be a friend of Jesus... Uh, then you're going to be in trouble. And so Jesus says, you've got to want to be my friend. You've got to want to walk with me. We should, we should try to make peace with the family, but if it's at the expense of walking and loving God and being friends with Him, we should accept whatever is. Yes, family is important for believers. It should be. But it's not the ultimate importance for us as believers. From our standpoint, we ought to also be always be seeking peace with our family, always be sharing the love of Jesus. Never let a rift in the family be our fault. But if it 's because we follow Jesus that they that we 're rejected by family or friends or anyone, we follow Jesus there's a positive word here if, hap- if this happens. <clears throat> Whoever receives you as my messenger receives me. Whoever receives uh, me receives the one who sent me. Jesus said, if you receive a prophet because he is a prophet or a righteous person because they are a righteous person, you receive a righteous person's reward. What's Jesus telling us? He's saying to receive the messenger of Jesus is to receive Jesus and receive God the Father. And and even though others will reject you, others will embrace you. If someone does even the smallest thing like giving a cup of cold water on your day on On a hot day, because you belong to me, because you're my messenger, they're going to be rewarded. Yes, family may reject you, but God, people, will embrace accept you and, and encourage you and reward you. And they will be rewarded because they are helping you. You know, Jesus said, if you give up father or mother or children or lands for my sake. In Luke, he said, you're going to receive. In this life, fathers and mothers and lands... A hundred times as much. Now that doesn't mean we're going to be rich, but it doesn't mean He's going to provide everything we need. And the family that may have rejected you because you follow Jesus, there'll be family that step in and will be your family. A lot of you maybe have found that. Even at times, if you had to live away from family, not because there's a breach, but if you had to live away from family, you found that because you're doing the will of God, you found God provides that kind of family for you. There will be those who distract from the mission and seek to hinder you. Maybe even some of the people that at one time were closest to you, but others are going to provide support for you and be family for you. And they will be a blessing and they will bless in in the ways that they they'll be blessed in the ways in which they help you. You see, we're on a covert mission behind enemy lines. Jesus says, "Until the end comes, we got to keep doing that. We're not aware of the unaware of the dangers of the mission. We know it's reality. We're not living in uh in a kind of illusion that everything's going to be great and you know everything's going to be creamy and all that. We know that there is danger in the mission. We guard against the internal enemy of fear, and we know that even if there there's distractors of those even closest to us that'll keep us from being on mission, God will provide others to help us to be involved in the missions. Jesus' presence in our lives provide courage and power to faithfully carry out His mission until He returns. Stay on mission with Jesus. Enemy is defeated. Jesus has already secured the victory. Let's pray together. If you're here today, you might say, man, following Jesus sounds pretty tough. I'm not sure. You're not a follower and you say, I don't know. I want to tell you something. Whatever it costs you to follow Jesus is worth it. Whatever it costs you to follow Jesus is worth it. Because Jesus is worth it. Jesus is the pearl of great price. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is the Son of God and the Son of Man who died for us and rose again. Jesus is the one who loves us more than anyone else. God sent Jesus to be our Savior. Jesus is worth following. Even if it costs us our very lives, Jesus is worth following. If you're looking for someone to live for, if you're, if, you're, if you're needing forgiveness of your sins, don't let anything stop you from giving your life to Jesus. Christians, please be encouraged. I know, it's a tough scripture. I look at this scripture and I say, man, that's, that's tough scripture you've got to preach. But be encouraged because Jesus will be with us. He will help us. He will enable us to glorify Him. He'll provide everything we need to live for Him until He returns. Keep on being faithful and and doing the things that He called you and I to do. Lord, we praise You. We thank You for Your love. We thank You that You save. We thank You that You call us to be on mission with You. Lord, thank You for the privilege of sharing the message of forgiveness and life in Jesus that Jesus saves. Lord, help us never to to forget just the privilege that you would enable us to be on mission with you. I pray that anyone's here today that needs you, Jesus, I pray that they would come to you and believe in you and receive you and receive the life that you have for them. I pray that you'd help us all, Lord. We live in a tough situation. And Lord, you know things come up and we do become fearful. Lord, protect us from our own fears. Help us to be faithful to you and speak your truth. And love those around us because you love them and they desperately need your love. Help us to do this for your glory. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.